0: Thank uh-huh. you. Good morning, good morning. Really, it's good afternoon at this point. A little bit of a late show this morning. We've had uh, unexpected issues, but thank God we are ready to roll. And what can I tell you? It's a, uh, this is, is going to be, if it works out, one of my, one of my uh, most invested shows. I put a lot of thought and toil into this one, to this broadcast. It's, uh, hopefully the thoughts will be conveyed adequately, please God, and you'll understand a lot more of where, where I think we're lacking. So yesterday, impeachment, impeachment was uh, confirmed. The House voted. The House voted to impeach the president. They want to, you know, for the second time. It, just, just to understand what impeachment means. Impeachment was a remedy that the founders instituted in in the founders of of America, in order to remove. A sitting, not just president, but it's most commonly used for the president, a president when he has been clearly uh, uh, involved in high crimes and misdemeanors. That is the terminology of the Constitution: high crimes and misdemeanors. So, could you imagine the idea of 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 the of the impeachment? Impeachment requires two-thirds of the Senate for conviction, which means that the pulse of the nation has to be that he's guilty. to impeach just for show is not only uh, is not only treacherous, it's not only wrong, it's not only a sham, but it is not in any way. What the founders wanted—the whole idea of impeachment—is supposed to be where a person is criminally responsible. It has to be something criminal. So, nonetheless, the House wants to try to flex its muscles and show the president that they can impeach him. And we discussed it a couple of days ago as to what could be the potential rationale. They might just want to uh, eliminate him from running in 2024. But we're not going to—we're not going to rehash all that. However, there are a number of Republicans who have voted, a number of Republicans who have voted in favor of impeachment. Ten Republicans have voted in favor of impeachment in the House. And we're not going to go through all ten, but uh, Liz Cheney, who's a prominent GOP prominent Republican, she voted for her conscience that she wanted, you know, she felt she had to vote in favor of impeachment. And a number of other, and, and 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 then Den Crenshaw, who has been a very promising rising star in the Republican Party, he tweeted out that, you know, good on her for voting her conscience. He disagreed, obviously, but good on her for voting her conscience. And Twitter Twitter uh, the, the the response on Twitter was was quite negative against him. So the the question is, is we understand, let's say, why the the left the left are voting for impeachment. We understand it's a game of politics. But why are the right? Is it courage? Is it indeed courage to vote for impeachment? Is that called courage? I'm going to preface that what I'm about to say. A lot of it has obviously been, been very thought through, but there are going to be things that may come out that uh, that we're working. We're working this idea together. And some of this idea has come from um, someone I've listened to. His name is Bill Whittle, so some of the sources, this is, some of the sources are coming from him. But the fact is, is I think how we'll will tie it all together. This is ultimately my my idea. So we have, we have, uh, 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 there are two types of courage. There are two types of courage. There's moral courage, and there's, and there's physical courage. What is what is the difference between moral courage? and physical courage. So I'm going to read I'm going to read a bit a piece written, written by Mark Twain in uh, 1900. It's called The United States of Lyncherdom. It's discussing the idea of a mob. We know that in the south in the American south you'd have mobs that would lynch people a troubling thing how could people do this we know in the in the 1930s and 40s we know what germany did the the mob is a um a very powerful entity a very powerful entity let I make this any louder can go as loud as it can go so we know that the, um, the mob is a very powerful entity says, says so Mark Twain I'm going to quote here this is a quote from the Chicago Tribune in 1900 I'm going to be skipping around a little bit I'm not going to read this whole piece it's several pages I'm not going to read the whole piece I'm only gonna be reading a little bit increase in lynching in 1900, there were eight more cases than in 1899, and probably this year, there will be more than there were last year. The year is little more than half gone, and yet there are 88 cases as compared with 115 for all of last year. And he goes to this, this, the states that have the highest, this, this, in this, this article from the Chicago Tribune in 1900, goes to the states that have the highest. Okay, We're not going to read all that. This is Mark Twain writing. It must be that the increase comes of the inborn human instinct to imitate. That and man's commonest weakness, his aversion to being unpleasantly conspicuous, pointed at, shunned, as being on the unpopular side. Its other name is moral cowardice and is the supreme feature of the makeup of 9,999 men in the 10,000 I'm not offering this as a discovery and he goes on it persistently and sardonically reminds us that from the beginning of the world no revolt against a public infamy or oppression has ever been begun but by the one daring man in the 10,000, the rest timidly waiting and slowly reluctantly joining under the influence of that man and his fellows from the other 10,000. No mob, and again, this isn't, I'm not reading in, in order, so just understand that. No mob has any sand in the presence of a man known to be splendidly brave. When I was a boy, I saw a brave gentleman deride an insulting mob and drive it away. What he's describing there is, you know, you'll have a mob of men, and, and you know, and they and, and everyone's everyone's uh, all cheering on something, and then you have one person that says, "Okay, you know what? You can all go home now." And they start and they start, you know, booing him, and they start threatening him, and he says, "Well, you know what? If you're going to do what you want to do, then you got to go through me first. That man. That man possesses moral courage. Then perhaps the remedy for lynching, lynchings comes to this station—a brave man in each affected community encourage, support, and bring to light the deep disapproval of lynching hidden in secret places in the hearts, of its heart, for it is there beyond question. If merely physical, if merely physically brave men would do, then it were easy. This is the difference between moral. Courage and physical courage, says Mark Twain. If merely physical, physically brave men would do, then it were easy. And now he's going to mention a, a, a situation that occurred uh, during the American-Spanish War where uh, Hobson called for seven volunteers to go with him to what promised to be certain death. The idea was that they were going to move a collier, I think it's called a collier, a, a, a coal ship. They were going to move it and block the Spanish ships and and thereby protect the, the, their, the American ships and, 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 win, and win the war. However, however, this tactic was going to work. But it ultimately meant that the men who were going to join this this mission would die. When Hobson called for seven volunteers to go with him to what promised to be certain death, 4,000 men responded. The whole fleet, in fact. Says Mark Twain. Very powerful words. Because all the world would approve. They knew that. But if Hobson's project had been charged with scoffs and jeers of the friends and associates, whose good opinion and approval the sailors valued, he could not have gotten his seven. Do we understand what that means? Do you understand what that means? Says Mark Twain, says Mark Twain, that the reason why Hobson got 4,000 men was because they knew, as it, as it, as it, as it, as it what actually happened, that the media would applaud them. They would be treated as heroes, as they were. And so for them, the physical courage, the physical courage, the physical bravery that it took to risk their lives was well worth it. But says Mark Twain, that's only because all the world would approve if Hobson's project had been charged with the scoffs and jeers of the Friends and Associates, if they would have been persecuted, if they would have been, if they would have been, uh, you know, hung in, in, in the court of public opinion for what they had done, he wouldn't have even been able to get seven. So, this is an idea, this idea of moral courage versus physical courage. This is an idea that I think is very, very relatable to the world that we're living in right now, more than other worlds, more than other eras. There's so many so many things that are happening, and we have to question: Where is the moral courage? Where is the moral courage? I want to, you know, I want to discuss this idea: of What's moral courage? You know, and I'm, I'm going again. I'm going to, I'm going to. Say maybe a couple of examples that obviously I'm open to, to feedback, but I'm not I'm not necessarily suggesting that these are exact examples, but they're ideas. We know that when the brothers were attempting to kill Yosef, so what happened was that one of them, one brother, changed the course of history. Instead of killing, Yehuda stepped forward to sell. That took moral courage. Again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going into the Shvatim, I'm not getting into any of that. But the idea, the leadership that Yehuda possessed, I do believe that was an element of moral courage. Nachshon ben There was a moral courage in jumping into the, into the Yamsof. It wasn't, it wasn't a physical courage. Pinchas possessed a moral courage. These are all these are all examples. And again, I'm 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 not I'm not suggesting that 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 there aren't there isn't conversation to be had in each one of them. I'm not suggesting that. But I'm just trying to to uh, give specific examples how we can understand what moral courage is. Moral courage is not is not physical courage. Today, today, the the idea of virtue signaling, virtue signaling, for example, is is causing destruction that we have no that we can't even that we can't even um that we can't even begin to imagine. The idea of virtue signaling. The lockdowns, the hysteria, one of the most common questions that I get is, Ellie, what do the people, the politicians, the pundits, the commentators, the bureaucrats, the clergy, the doctors, 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 what do they have to gain? See, because then this all comes back down to a conversation of moral courage. That's what this is coming. This all comes back down to this conversation: what is of moral courage? So, what do they have to gain? So, my my answer to that is twofold. The first answer is, let's 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 remember: only a few months ago, there were TikTok videos of nurses and different medical professionals. Doing choreographed dance routines um, across across the world. I never watched these things. I may have seen one or two. I may have. I'm not even sure. I don't know the whole thing. I, I have no interest in these things. It, to me, they're like a flash mob. I was totally... I, 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 I cringe. I cringe at the thought of these things, personally. But th- everybody, everybody was loving these things. Why? Well... You see, despite the fact that we do owe an appreciation to our first responders, the idea of questioning what people have to gain is foolish because that celebrity status that we would even be interested in watching these nurses choreograph, is there no end to how many dance routines you can watch? We really need to watch these nurses. But here we afforded, here we created this celebrity status for these health professionals, these medical professionals. So you ask, what do they have to gain? Well, that's one thing they have to gain. So when we start to question people's motives, when we start to question people's motives, where is their courage? Well, they have their own interests here. You have, you have celebrity status of all sorts of different doctors, that all of a sudden became the face. Had any of us heard of Anthony Fauci? Had any of us heard of him? He'd been in government for forty-two years, I believe. Had any of us are thirty-eight year, four forty-plus years. Had any of us heard of Anthony Fauci? So, so had any of us even heard of Anthony Fauci? Anthony Fauci just won. There are, in every community, in every, in every society, in everything, there were different people. There were different people who, who in every community, every society, there were different people who, uh, who, who created this celebrity status. So, when we start to ask ourselves, what do people have to gain? And that's just, aside from the, 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 the obvious questions, well, when did these nurse staff have the time? They were so busy saving people's lives. We're not going to address that. And we're not going to address the power that the politicians have because we don't believe that they have any, want any power. They just want what's good for us, of course. But can we not acknowledge so that they, they have what to gain? But That's not really the real question. That's not the, really the real question. The real question is, is what do they have to lose? Because every single thing We always have to ask, what do we have to lose? That is where the moral courage comes. When Hobson said that only because all the world would approve, but if they had been charged by the scoffs and jeers of friends and associates, he would never even have gotten his seven. The question really is, what do people have to lose? will any of the aforementioned groups ever be held accountable for their solutions? The answer is no. The answer is no. Of course, those who argue it will always be held accountable. But those who suggest just to lock down and all of its implications, they would never be held accountable. So, can we not acknowledge that when you know when you no longer when you're when 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 they know that they are going to only receive the applause, which is what will obviously which is what is what which is what is happening worldwide? Then they're not credible. We have a concept. We have a concept in, in halacha. Called Also A person is a uh, uh, a person. There, are, there is a. Uh, it, it, it's permissible, let's say, for a a male taxi driver in the middle of the night to drive a female passenger. And the reason for this is because he's not willing to risk his entire life, business, career, family, whatever it is, from one incident. It's not worth it for him. That, that that he has what to lose that that he has what to lose is what is 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 whatever the mechanism in halacha however it works in Jewish law however it works yeah there's no there's no pr- prohibition of seclusion. Otherwise it'd be an issue of seclusion. Same applies to doctors and patients. Same applies to all sorts of scenarios. Rabbis and and, and all sorts of scenarios where there could be, otherwise, an issue of, cl- of, of of seclusion. And now, the issue is abated because they have this concept that they have what to lose. You always have to have something to lose. If you don't have something to lose, then you're not credible. When you know that there is no limit to what you can say or do. When you are going to be applauded and lauded by the media, by whichever corporations, whichever entities are controlling whatever they are, when you're going to be applauded, then your virtue signal, that's not coming from courage. It's coming from just the opposite of courage. It's coming from cowardice. It's coming from cowardice. It's cowardice that these people possess. They lack the courage to do what's right. They lack the courage to do what's right. There's no there's no limit to to the stories that we can use for today's show for the, to to illustrate these ideas. There's no limit. All these companies, oh wow. They must really 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 stand for for they really they must really stand for all their uh for the for what they claim. They must really stand against mobs and violence and insurrection. Surely that must be their motivation. Of course, it has to be. It can't be anything else. Antifa. Antifa riots spanned months. Six months. They had taken over an entire area of Seattle. Okay. The entire, an entire area they had taken and created. They wanted to secede. Okay. They 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 created their own area, which of course they had guns to, to keep the security and safety of their. Okay. During the Antifa riots, over 23 people, including children, shot dead. 700 officers were injured and over 150 federal buildings were damaged, torched torched. Do we hear any media? Any politicians on the left denouncing this? Where's the VP and, and, and president-elect? Where are they denouncing this? Capitol protest had one person shot dead, 14 officers injured, and damaged to one federal building. And that is the kindest For the left to a description, meaning you can easily, there are ways to even decrease it. But let's give them that. They shot one person dead, the police did. 14 officers were injured and damaged to one federal building. And look at the noise that you see. Look at the noise that you see. This is cowardice. This is cowardice. It is not courage. When you have Liz Cheney. Who's coming out, Liz Cheney? Who's coming out and saying that she wants to impeach the president, voting to impeach the the president? That's not courage. Oh, look at what she's going to have to face from her, from her uh, um, constituents. Look what she's going to have to face from the. And yet, she knows that she is going to be applauded so which choice does she have which what choice does she have she can either be she can either she can either face the criticism or she can be applauded what choice does she have and these, this, is, this this is this is i think a, i think a very important uh idea that we have to we have to we have to apply it we have to apply it Everywhere, there's, virtu- there's very there are very few areas where we can apply it. We said what it's what is, what is it going to take to bring society beyond this? It's going to take people with courage. No, I will not. I will not bow to you. I will not. I will not kowtow to your des- desired terms. I will not use those words. It starts. It's 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 it starts. Something was so innocent. Just you know, we're not going to call them waiters and waitresses. We're going to call them servers. So innocent. We're going to call them flight attendants because steward and stewardess doesn't sound very nice. Flight attendant. Well, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't agree to this. And where does it end? I want to be called, I want to be referred to as a woman now. How dare you not, 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 not refer to me by my choice of gender? It's all connected because they push, they push, they push. And since people don't want to be that person, I cannot tell you how many people who've had this, this extreme flu, this virus, and yet, and yet, when when you go to when you when you see them in public, they're wearing the mask over their face. And he says, well, "But you don't. Ha- you don't. Ha- you, you're not a threat to anybody." Even according to the logic of, the, I know, but I, I don't want anyone to feel. We're so concerned with how making people feel. I know we're so concerned. It's so. It's such a a, a liberty liberating feeling that we feel this way. It makes me feel so good. Dare I say? It makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so good that I'm that I'm I don't want to make anybody feel I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel so good. there is a a clip I'm gonna play. it's all it's all it's all the same idea. It's all the same idea is a clip let's see if this plays right away here oh, time. man sets new Guinness world record a 47 year old dive recent record breaking feat is so astounding it must be seen to be believed According to the website Breathology, Danish freediver Stig Severinsen made history off the Baja coast of Mexico when he successfully swam 202 meters underwater on a single breath. That equates to 662 feet, or the length of nearly two football fields. And if your mind isn't sufficiently blown, I don't know why it wouldn't be, but if it isn't, consider this. Severinsen's dive took 20 minutes to complete before he surfaced to breathe and celebrate. Still not impressed? That's not even Severinsen's personal breathing best. In 2012, he set a record after voluntarily holding his breath for 22 minutes. As for this recent accomplishment, it wasn't just for personal glory. Severinson said he wanted to use the attention to raise environmental awareness. He now holds the Guinness World Record for the longest open water, underwater dive on Earth. Do we know what I'm triggered by there? I've been triggered, people. I've been triggered. Do we know what I've been triggered by? Nope. It's not that he decided to set a world record from Guinness, for Guinness. I think that's fabulous. I think it's wonderful when people decide to to push themselves and 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 set goals for themselves and achieve those goals and then set new goals and have other people yearn for for goals. I think these are great things for society. What am I triggered by? Well, Maybe some of you guessed it. He didn't do it for personal glory. No, he did it to raise awareness for the environment. Wow. Wow, this guy, I mean, I don't even know what to say about him. We should put him on the same uh, plane as Greta Thunberg. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that remarkable? That he did it in order to, to raise awareness for Greta Thunberg. It's amazing. It's amazing. for, for Greta Thunberg. I'm sorry for environmental enfi- environmental uh, aw- environmental awareness because because we don't have enough of that, right? We don't have enough of that. But even if we didn't have enough of that, even if you did it to raise aware- awareness for something that that didn't have, you know. As much, as much, uh, attention. Why, why does he have to even mention that? That he did it for environmental awareness. Why does he even have to mention it? Why is it even, why is that even a thing? It's, a, it's, it's unbelievable. But that is how we process things today. How is this going to make me look in the eyes of others? That's all it's about. That's all it's about. How is it going to make me look in the eyes of others and how am I going to be appreciated? Mark Twain wasn't criticizing these men. These men ultimately saved their country. But what he was saying was that if they were going to be charged with the scoffs and jeers of the friends and associates whose good opinion and approval of the sailors valued, he could not have got his seven. Not even seven people would have been willing to volunteer for the mission. It's very easy it's very easy to to to, to move along with the mob. It's very easy to move along with the mob. There's a peace there's a piece from uh, Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager no longer, um, Dennis Prager has said he no longer considers America to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. I'm going to read this piece. I'm going to read this piece. It's brief. As my listeners and readers can hopefully attest, I have been on a lifelong quest to understand human nature and human behavior. I am sad to report that I have learned more in the last few years, particularly in 2020, than in any equivalent period of time. One of the biggest revelations concerns a question that has always plagued me. How does one explain the good German? The term used to describe the average, presumably decent German, Who did nothing to hurt Jews, but also did nothing to help them and did nothing to undermine the Nazi regime. In this piece, Mark Twain, pause, Mark Twain also, he says, I don't know if I read it. He says, you know, the people in the north and the people in the south are not that different. He understands that. They're like the good German. People, as a general rule, are good, right? Right? The same question could be asked about the average Frenchman during the Vichy era, the average Russian under Lenin, Joseph Stalin, Leonid Brezhnev and their successors, and the millions of others who did nothing to help their fellow citizens under oppressive dictatorships. These past few years have taught me not to so quickly judge the quiet German, Russian, etc. Of course, I still judge Germans who helped the Nazis and Germans who in any way hurt Jews, but the Germans who did nothing, not so fast. What has changed my thinking has been watching what is happening in America, in Canada, in Australia, and elsewhere for that matter. The ease with which tens of millions of Americans have accepted irrational, unconstitutional, and unprecedented police state type restrictions on their freedoms, including even the freedom to make a living, has been, to understate the case, sobering the same holds true for the acceptance by most Americans of the rampant censorship on Twitter and all other major social media platforms and this is before he wrote this before last week's purge of of the president and and, and conservatives even physicians and other scientists are deprived of freedom of speech if for example they offer scientific support for hydroxychloroquine along with zinc to treat COVID-19 in the early stages Board-certified physician Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, who saved hundreds of COVID nineteen patients from suffering and of and or death, has been banned from Twitter for publicizing his life-saving H C Q and zinc protocol. And I'll pause because, again, all the doctors and medical professionals, and you say you ask, well, how is it possible? So many, yes, so many lack. Moral courage because they know that coming out against the interests of whichever group controls their licensing is a big risk. It's not a shock to suggest such a thing. It shouldn't shock us. Half of America, the non-left half, is afraid to speak their minds at virtually every university, movie studio, and large corp- large corporation. Indeed, at virtually every place of work. Professors who say anything that offends the left fear being ostracized if they have tenure, and fear be, and being fired if they do not. People are socially ostracized, people shamed and are fired for differing from Black Lives Matter. As America hating and white hating a group as has never as oh, as I'm oh, sorry as America hating and white hating a group as has never as has ever existed. Referring to Black Lives Matter, they are. If few Americans speak up on the contr, and few Americans speak up on the contrary, and BLM protesters demand that diners outside of restaurants raise their fists to show their support of BLM, nearly every diner does. We talked about that. They had they put up their signs. We heart BLM. Where was you BLM? All all across their plywood that had blocked blocked block blockade, blocked away the store. There they put up these saw they 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 spray painted it. We heart BLM to show their solidarity. So then, who are we to condemn the average German who faced the Gestapo if he didn't salute Hitler or the average Russian who faced the NKVD, the secret police of the intelligence agency, that preceded the KGB, if he didn't demonstrate sufficient enthusiasm for Stalin? Americans face the left's cancel culture, but not left-wing secret police or re-education camps. At least not yet I have little doubt the left would send outspoken conservatives to re-education camps if they could in fact they already have for somebody who was fired from PBS for saying such a thing I have that uh, Forbes Forbes which is Steve Forbes a conservative right his corporation has said they have, has has attempted to not um, not hire anybody. Not hire anybody from the Trump administration. Not have I mean, they're they're encouraging people to not hire anyone. But it gets more. They they they've talked about it in reeducation camps. Don't worry, they've talked about it. I have come to understand the average German living under Nazism and the average Russian living under communism for another reason: the power of the media to brainwash. As a student of totalitarianism since my graduate studies at the Russian Institute of Columbia's University School of International Affairs, as it was known then. I have always believed that only in a dictatorship could a society be brainwashed. I was wrong. I now understand that mass brainwashing can take place in a nominally free society. The incessant left-wing drumbeat of the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, and almost every other major newspaper plus the Atlantic, the New Yorker, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, PBS, NPR, all of Hollywood and almost every school from kindergarten through graduate school has brainwashed at least half of America every bit as effectively as the German, Soviet, and Chinese communist press did. And in the latter case, still does. That Thousands of schools will teach the lie that is the New York Times 1619 project is one of countless examples. 1619 Project, for all those who aren't aware, was that America's founding didn't start in 1620, but 1619 in the slave trade. Prior to the lockdowns, I flew almost every week of the year, so I was approached by people who recognized me on a regular basis. Increasingly, I noticed that people would look around to see if anyone was within earshot, and then tell me in almost a whisper, I support Trump. I'm a conservative. The last time people looked around and whispered things to me was when I was used to visit the Soviet Union. In Quebec this past weekend, as one can see on a viral video, a family was fined and members arrested because six, yes, six people gathered to celebrate the new year. A neighbor snitched on them and the celebrants were duly arrested the Quebec government lauded the snitches and asked for more public collaboration. Snitches are likewise lauded and encouraged in some Democrat-run states and cities in America. L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti in March said snitches get rewards and by left-wing governments in Australia. Plenty of Americans, Canadians, and Australians are only too happy to snitch on people who refuse to lock down their lives. All this is taking place without concentration camps, without Gestapo, without a KGB, and without Maoist re-education camps. That's why I no longer judge the average German as easily as I used to. Apathy in the face of tyranny turns out not to be a German or Russian characteristic. I just never thought it could happen in America. This is and, of course, I'll just mention this was posted. I saw this on, on a number of sites because I, I, I happen to read Dennis. But this was posted on a family WhatsApp group. And my aunt, my 75-year-old aunt approximately, who used to be a journalist, she left the group after this was posted. That was her protest. She left the group. She left, the, she couldn't handle it anymore. She left the group. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Oh, yeah. And yet we ask what do they have to gain? Why are these people, politicians, pundits, bureaucrats, commentators, clergy, doctors, 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 what do they have to gain? We ask ourselves. What do they have to lose? What do they have to gain? What do they have to lose? <sighs> you know, this week's Paisal, Paisal's Vo'eiro, excuse me, we read about the beginning the first seven plagues. And I think there is a message from the frogs. That's Farideh. I'd like to share. This isn't my thoughts, but I'm applying it to this. I heard that when mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar, when he, when he when Nebuchadnezzar uh, put up the, the big idol and wanted to kneel, to bow. So the Neil fled. Khanani and asked. They asked what they if they if they didn't if they were thrown into the Kivshon Haesh, if they were thrown into the fiery furnace, would they survive or not? And they were told they would not survive. They would die. It was at that moment that they chose To be thrown into the furnace. That's when they chose to be thrown into the furnace. So the question is asked, but why didn't they just run? Why didn't they do what Daniel did? So an answer is given is because there are times where you have to die, Al Kidash Hashem. You're right. They didn't have to. They could have run. But they understood that was moral courage. And again, I'm fully open. I'm not defi- I'm not attributing these terms to these giants. I'm not suggesting exclusively, I'm just citing them as examples for us to understand. This idea of the frogs, this happened with the frogs. When the when the when the Apostle tells us the Pasuk the states that the frogs, I don't know anything in front of me, but the Pasuk states that the frogs were in the ovens. But they weren't commanded to go into the ovens. The idea being, just like Hanan, Mishal, and Azariah didn't have to go into the Kifshan Ha'esh. That was a choice. So too, the frogs didn't have to go into the ovens. That was a choice. They chose to jump into the ovens. They chose to put their lives on the line in order, to, in order to do what they felt was right. And when the frogs were removed, they, the Pasuk leaves out the word oven later on. They, they were not removed from the oven because that was a choice. They took the moral, courageous choice. Not the cowardice choice, I saw another idea, and I think one of our listeners that who shared this idea with me and i was going I wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily mention it, but I'm gonna tie it in, and that is that the frogs also had a very interesting occurrence when they would hit the frogs when they would hit the frogs, what happened? As soon as they hit the frogs, more frogs would come forth. They only created more frogs by hitting the frogs. And and I think that we can apply to, to dealing with President Trump. The left has tried everything. They've tried everything to get rid of this man. He is their first... Genuine threat. And they've thrown everything at him. But what happens is, is just, it creates more. It creates more. And I'm going to be signing off a little early today, but I think these ideas, these ideas are, should give us enough food for thought. Enough food for thought. We can understand, we can think about what, what moral courage is. What moral courage is. And how it differs from physical courage. It's not the same thing. Physical courage is not is not that difficult to find. You can find physical courage. You know, people people on the battlefield, thank God, people possess physical courage. People go and they volunteer for all sorts of things. That's physical courage. All sorts of All sorts of things they volunteer for. That's physical courage. But the moral courage, standing up to that mob, telling that mob, no, if you want this, you have to go through me. Putting our lives on the line, that is moral courage. And we need more of that. We need more of that. We have to look introspectively and ask ourselves where is our moral courage because all it takes is us to do a little bit we don't need to be that Ben Aminodav. all we need to do is a little bit and people will be willing to follow people will be willing to show their physical courage once that one person shows this moral courage I am your host Eli Shapiro have a great Shabbos a good weekend We look forward to being here on Sunday morning.